Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? Explain to me. No, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's It's not. It's an illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Meet who we have tonight. I, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. It continues to amaze me how so many of these predators I've caught will actually reference me in the predator investigations in the chats prior to actually showing up to meet a teenager for sex. It happened just a week or so ago during our investigation in Florida. At least three of the individuals asked if it was Chris Hansen, if it was the sheriff, in this case, Grady Judd, If it was one of those TV stings, the online decoys always have a response for it. But this is not a new phenomenon. It's been going on for a long time. In fact, it's the case in this latest predator I've caught, the topic of this particular episode, who is Jeremy Todd West. West surfaced in our investigation that took place in Bowling Green, Kentucky in October 2007. It was the last of the original To Catch a Predator investigations 
the original ones we did for Dateline to be shot. And we had this huge 6,000 square foot or so house in a beautiful suburb of Bowling Green. And we worked with the Kentucky Attorney General's office, the state police, the local authorities. And it was a very, very professional crew of law enforcement. And it wasn't the biggest predator investigation of them all, but it did yield some of the most interesting and enduring characters, including, well, everybody's favorite, Lauren Armstrong. But Jeremy Todd West is in many ways no less interesting. Here's a guy who was 27 years old at the time. He worked for the county as a municipal worker in the parks, mostly. His chat, like so many others, starts by probing maybe one or two innocent questions, and then he gets right into the grooming. West had just successfully undergone treatment for thyroid cancer. He had apparently been through some rough times with relationships. Maybe in his mind, that justified what he was about to do in Bowling Green. Perverted justice decoys had been working the chat rooms at the time, including one decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl whose screen name was All Dad Jazzers, a girl who had just moved from New Jersey to Kentucky. Her dad was in Iraq, and she lived with a very strict mom and occasionally a grandma. West had the screen name Bandit 8077. Hi. Hi, says Jazzy. How are you? Okay, bored. Me too, he says. What part of Kentucky are you in? South Central, I guess. Town? I'd rather not say yet, if that's okay. Well, that's cool. How old are you, she asks. I'm 21, you? Oh, 13, female. That okay? Yes, he says. Okay. You okay with me being 27? Yeah, sure. We're just chatting. Where did you live before? And she goes on to tell the story about the dad being in the war in Iraq. And the fact that she used to live elsewhere, didn't have a lot going on. That's kind of the profile that a lot of the perverted justice decoys used. And within minutes of the conversation, she asks if he has a girlfriend. He interprets that to mean, do you want me to be your girlfriend? And off it goes. You're very cute, he says. Thank you. She asks if he's got pics. He says, on my profile. Okay. You're cool, she says. Thanks. What do you do for fun, he wants to know. May I add you to my friends list? She says, dance, music, party. Your name, Todd? Yeah, my name is Todd. So his real name is Jeremy Todd West, but he tells her that he goes by Todd. I'm Jazz, she says, short for Jasmine. That's a beautiful name, he says. It's a freakazoid name, she said. She asks what he likes to do. Play pool, cars, movies, music. She asks if he has a pool table. He gets right into his question about if she's ever met anybody from online. Hell no, she says. I have a pool table at home, yeah, he says. Sweet. 
What kind of car you got? Chevy Silverado, he says. There's more talk about pool, locations. And then before too long, literally within minutes, he's asking about whether she's home alone, whether her grandmother would be okay with her going out with me. Oh yeah, I'm sure the grandmother would be just fine with a 13-year-old girl going out with a 27-year-old guy. Totally cool. But this is how these guys work. In this chat from West, follows almost identically the template we have seen for 18 some years now. It's almost like these guys take a class at a community college or something. This is how you groom a child. She asks if he's got a job or if he lives with his mom. Sticks her tongue out. I'm an equipment operator. Huh? She says. I live alone and have a job. LOL, okay. What's an equipment operator, she asks. I use construction equipment for the city here. You make roads? Yeah, plus lay pipe for drains. Okay, that's cool. What grade you in, he asks. Eighth. Cool. I'm going to be 14 in November. But my birthday is too late, so I'm in eighth grade. November what? November 17th, she says. I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Libra, he says. Now, he knows she's 13 because she's told him. She's confirmed that by saying she's in 8th grade. He's 27, but he's going to continue here. I think you're nice, Jazz. Thank you. I know any guy would be lucky to have you as their girl. Yeah, well, Travis didn't think so. That's a ex-boyfriend. I would spoil you some if you were my girl. What an offer. How would you do that, she asks. Take you out to nice places or spend as much time with you as possible? Cool. Maybe give some nice things? Huh? Like what? Never mind. Maybe a nice outfit. Never mind, she asks. You were going to say something else. Mistype, sorry. Okay. You really buy me clothes? Yeah, I'd take you shopping some. Sweet. My ex never did that. Would you like being my girlfriend, he asks. Well, maybe. I don't know you so good yet, she says. But so far, you're saying all the right stuff. If you were my girl, I would not want to lose you. Grooming again? Yeah, you know how to treat a girl, she says. I'm not perfect, but I do try to do right. She's 13. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Can I call you tomorrow? But not tonight, she says. Later, Gator. What's your number? And that ends for that evening. But he's back on. Early in the morning. September 2007. If you see this before school, I hope you have a good day, and I'll be thinking about you, baby. This to an eighth grader. He says it was his birthday. Not having a great time, he says. Missed you, he says. No party. I'm sitting here at home alone. Now he's trying to get sympathy. Everyone had other plans. 
Don't you got family? She asks. He gets right back into his grooming. Did you miss me today? Yeah. They say goodbye, but he's back again the next day. I miss you, baby. Hey, hi, what's up? Nothing you? What happened to you last night? She asks. A friend of mine had major problems, and I was the only one who could help. Okay. I wonder. I missed you, he says. Yeah, me too. How was school today? Sucked, she says. So did work for me. I wish I could make your day better, he says. I wish you could. Just a bad day. My grams won't let me get a French manicure, she says. What's a French manicure, he asks. She explains. I would take you to get your nails done, he said. Dang, really, she says. Yeah. She says, I ain't got the money for it, though. That's why I asked my grams. I'd want you looking good, he said. Yeah, for what? For anything. Oh, I just want to make you happy. Wish you were with me now, he says. Yeah, me too. Wish you would be my baby. How would I do that? I don't know. Hmm. Then why you say that? I'm tired, so my mind ain't fully going at the moment. Yeah, his mind's going to keep not fully going. Then there's talk about him coming over to visit. I'm sure you are beautiful, baby. I hope you like me when you meet me. When's that going to be, she asks. Soon, possibly. Possibly, she asks. Just got to do it when your grams ain't going to be there. Now that he's plotting to make sure she's home alone, obviously. What are you going to do when we first meet? He asks. I don't know. You're the guy. You come up with something. Maybe I could bring a movie and we could stay there if you want, or we could go out somewhere. Oh, that would be awesome. Not. Give us time to get to know each other, he said. You got anything that's not boring? What's your favorite food, he asks. Mushroom and pepperoni pizza. We could get pizza and then go shopping. She suggests that would be boring. So then he, seeing the door open, says, Go somewhere and make out? LOL. Are you a good kisser? She asks. Yes, are you? Travis said I was, the old boyfriend. Can I ask you something personal? Um, okay. Are you a virgin? Um, no. When did you lose it? Last winter. Who you lose it to? My ex, Travis. Okay. You think that's bad? She asks. No, are you on birth control? Here it comes. Um, no. We broke up. Are you wanting sex when we meet? Um, I don't know. I don't even know you. If we do, would you want to do it there or go somewhere and do it? Dang, I don't know. She says she wants to know him first, but then says, so if I said yes, you'd want to? Okay, he says. Yeah, but I want you to feel comfortable with me. She's 13. Then he gets into some more specific details about her sexual history. Asks if she's had an orgasm. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I can make you have one, baby. What's that like then? It's hard to describe, but you would get wetter in your pussy and get tighter till you come. Oh, dang, you can make that happen? It makes sex for you better, he says. Yes, I can make it happen, he says. Did he come in you when you all had sex? He used a con. Okay. I could teach you and pleasure you good in bed, he says. She says, as long as I don't get prego, 
Okay, baby. Do you have any miniskirts? Yeah, I got a few. Okay, just wondering. The grooming continues. You could wear one when we meet if you want. Yeah, okay. Do you wear thongs also? I got some. What kind, baby? Um, one black and one red. Silk, cotton, or lace to see through, he asks. Um, I don't know. Probably cotton. Do you like wearing them? Yeah, sure. Why not? Would you want me to take you to buy some more things? Oh, dang. You'd do that? Sweet. Yes, he says. Then he says he's got to save up some money before he comes to visit because he needs fuel for his truck. But I guess he has enough money to buy thongs and other things for a 13-year-old girl. Asks whether or not she can sneak out and if she's done it before. He asks whether or not she's shaved. Says that he'll kiss his way back up her thighs, sliding your panties over and start licking your, well, you know what. He describes exactly how he would perform oral sex on her. It's getting very graphic now. I want you, baby. Then he asks about the area where the girl lives. You have neighbors real close? Not really. Out in the country, kind of, he asks. LOL, you going to stalk me? No, I'm just trying to cover my own butt when I come up so we don't get caught. LOL. It would be ugly for me if I got caught with you having sex. Hmm. He doesn't know how ugly it's going to get. More talk about shopping, what he's going to buy her. He offers to help the girl with her math homework, says he's good with math. Talks about his thyroid cancer, how they removed it, and he's being watched to make sure it doesn't spread. Oh my God, you had cancer? He's getting sympathy. Now this is true, he did have cancer, but again, he's using it to get sympathy with someone he thinks is 13 years old. He says he loves her. He wants her. Then he plans to visit. And then he says, I would most likely want you to be my future wife. Future wife? Oh my God, you're kidding, she says. Is that a good thing, he asks? Well, yeah. Oh my God. No, I'm serious, he says. Well, I want to finish high school. Even though I hate school, LOL. You'll finish, baby. Okay. I love you, Chaz, he says. Would you like making love with me every night, he asks. As long as it's fun. I'm all about fun. It will be fun, baby. Okay, then. He asks what size bra and panties she wears. He wants to know if she'd wear only her thong for him when he shows up. Says that they can make out and stuff in the shower. He says, I know I'll go to jail if caught having sex with you. Yeah, I know, she says. That's why we got to be really careful. She says she'll get into trouble, too, if they get caught. Then he asks, would you let me take pics of you wearing panties only with my camera phone? Um, you gonna show your friends? No, baby, I promise. Well, maybe, she says. Those pics are just for me to think about and dream of you. Let me think about it, okay? Okay, baby, I'd love you, sexy. Wish we could make love now, baby. Oh, he's gonna come over and try to do exactly that, but it's not really love. It's called rape. And then he gets into his pickup truck and drives from Tennessee 
or state line into Kentucky. Now, remember that because it's going to be a problem for him later and why he gets more prison time than some of the other predators. His pickup truck is red and a little beat up, faded by the sun. But we see him coming down the road towards our house. He pulls right into the driveway and our on-site decoy is there at the door to welcome him in. Hey. How are you Good, how are you? If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's really no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem-solver making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. You can't always find the answer on your own. If you reach out to BetterHelp, you can find the solution. A therapist can lead you in the right direction. You can feel less stressed, more confident. BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime you want. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Hanson today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Hanson. Now, remember, just a few days before he shows up, he talks specifically about the Dateline show and about how Dateline works with cops to bust guys doing the same thing he's planning to do. As if I get caught, I seen this Dateline thing where they are busting guys with cops trying to have sex with young kids. Oh, you think that's me? No, but it just scares me, though. So if you remember the setup in Bowling Green, we had two lazy boy chairs in the middle of a family room. And the idea was to get the predator to sit in one. It was leaning back, so it would be difficult for him to get up and charge me or get away. And initially, the decoy on site would, you know, kind of dance around in the back of the other chair. Sometimes sit down, sometimes sit on the arm of the chair, have a discussion until... It was time for me to come out and confront the guy. Jeremy West was very impressed by how comfortable the chair was. Nice. These chairs are nice. (laughs) So how's it going? So far, so good. That's good. Now, I'm in the next room watching all this and trying to see how it plays out. I'd like to see the interaction between the onside decoy, in this case, Casey, who is extraordinarily talented at this, and the Predator. But as big as he is, I think he's about 300 and some pounds, about six feet tall. He gets out of the chair and starts moving towards Casey. He says he just wants a hug, but it was close enough that I thought it was time for me to come in. Stacy. Well, I'll give you a hug. Well, it's all Sit down down before you give any hugs here and we're going to have a little chat. What's going on? Not much, just... Dog, come hang out, be friends. So there's no friends who are your age on the internet? Yeah. Yeah? So why can't you talk to them? Now, he already knows, because he's seen the show, apparently, 
that he's in big trouble. And he's processing all this, trying to figure out the best way to proceed. And he asked me not to go there, assuming that, you know, I've got the transcripts. I know what he said. And that's not the way this is going to play out, West. No, I, I, I know what you're doing. Don't go there, please. I know what you're doing. You talk about taking her out to buy sexy bras and panties and thongs. Hey, I had a feeling this was it. You had a feeling what was it? This was a setup. We would be kissing in my hands okay. and caress your sexy body. I, I made a mistake. I made a royal mistake. I wasn't going to sleep with her. I promise I wouldn't. I talked about it, but I wasn't going to do it. He says he was just going to talk about it. He wasn't really going to do it, but he does admit that was a moral mistake. It's a criminal mistake, Jeremy Todd West. I was wrong. Then why did you do it, Todd? Explain it. I just weak moment. I had feelings I was wrong. A weak moment. I had a feeling something was wrong. Now remember, Jeremy Todd West engaged in this conversation, illegal in itself, for almost a month. He had all that time raised all these questions about whether or not this was Dateline, whether or not he was going to go to jail. And yet he continued and walked into this house excited that he was maybe going to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. Do you ever watch Dateline? I've watched it once. Did you ever think you'd actually be on to catch a predator? Well, Todd, there's something I got to tell you. I'm on it. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. Dude, don't. You can walk right out the door you came in. Leave, leave me. Leave him. He requests that we stop, that we don't put him on TV, but it's a little late for that. He leaves, likely knowing what's going to happen next, which is an arrest. Sheriff's office, come on now. Come on down. Straight down, hands up. Get on your face. Get on your face right now. Hands out. Put him behind your back. Do not move. He doesn't put up a fight, and he's taken away by the law enforcement and the investigation. Now, Jeremy Todd West is in an interrogation room talking to an investigator. He claims he was just there to be friends. Now, wouldn't go do anything more than just be friends. That was it. And his biggest concern in spite of the fact that he's going to face prison time, is that he doesn't want to be on TV. I wish I'd get rid of that footage from where I, where it was at. I, I don't, well, when you were out there at the house, you, of course he introduced himself to you. And I think you indicated that you'd watched it once. One time I'd say it. So. It, it was like late night when I was saying it. Yeah. Uh, I should have just stayed away. Truer words have not been spoken. West admits that he's gone online before and has met people for sex, but claims it was never anyone who was under age. Is this the first time that you've done anything like this, Todd? Have you ever met anybody else online? I've met other people online, but they're just friends, adults. If you're any other sexual encounters from talking to people online? Only several people I've been friends with over the years, but that's it. No one you've chatted with or met online? 
these were people I met online, but they were, they were just one-time things. They were adults. By adults? Like 30s. In their 30s? 20s, 30s. He tells the investigator that he had other screen names that he used. Have you ever used any other screen names on there? Years ago, but they were all deleted. What what other screen names have you used? But I deleted those years ago. That one years ago. How many years ago would you say? Three, four. So what you're saying you're gonna take her to Victoria's Secret? We I talked about, but I wasn't really going to. I wasn't going to pursue anything. Nothing more than friendship. Asking her about when she lost her virginity, did you bleed a little? You didn't want to get her pregnant. I, I made the mistake. I was wrong. I shouldn't even ask those things. Jeremy West admits that he's made a mistake. Sticks to his story that he wasn't really going to do anything with the 13-year-old girl. And it seems throughout the interrogation, which goes almost 40 minutes, that his biggest concern appears to be that he's going to be on television. He asks the detective if he can do anything about that. Will they please get rid of that footage or anything? Will they please get rid of it? I don't have any control over that. That... uh... West says he got the feeling a couple days before he showed up that something wasn't right. When did you first get that feeling that something might not be right? A couple days ago. But yet you continued to chat with her? Just to chat now. Wasn't willing to do anything more than just be friends. That was it. I mean, I may have used wrong judgment on conversation, but I won't go through with anything. The detective asks if he's got any child porn on his computer or in the home where he lives. West maintains he does not and says they're welcome to search for anything like that. Is there any child pornography at your house? Any adult pornography? Adult, yes, but not child. What type of adult is it? Just various. Is it uh, DVD? DVD. Tapes? DVD. They're all put up. Where would those be? My bedroom. The detective says that he can't help West in terms of making sure none of this gets on TV and goes on to explain that (laughs) the shows are a deterrent so other men don't do what he does. Again, going back to telling you I'm not going to lie to you, you're probably going to appear on their show at some time. I can't tell you when it's going to air. can't tell you for sure that it's going to air. But I can tell you that if it does, you'll probably be on there. And and part of the reason is they use that as a deterrent for other people to not get themselves in this situation. The interrogation ends, but... West's journey through the criminal justice system is far from over. He ultimately pleaded guilty and received 46 months federal time and seven years state time. That's because he crossed the state line from Tennessee into Kentucky, where our sting house was. 
In all, he spent three years and 10 months in prison and then got seven years of probation. West and another inmate who was accused of a sexual offense with a child, according to court documents, got into a bit of trouble while in prison. In January 2015, he and this other inmate, West and this other inmate, were called in early from lunch. They were handcuffed in a supervisor's office and placed in solitary confinement for seven days. There was an investigation by the prison into allegations that West and this other inmate were trying to attack a kitchen supplier, trying to rob him. Now, ultimately, they were both cleared of any wrongdoing, but they lost their cushy kitchen jobs and they had some of their personal effects stolen while they were in solitary confinement. They sued the state, the prison system, unsuccessfully. West got out of prison in 2017, but then got his parole revoked for a minor violation. He had to go back in. He's out now, and he's working at a warehouse in Tennessee, manufacturer's warehouse. I tried to reach out to him, but was not able to find or get in touch with Jeremy Todd West. He's now 42, and he is a registered sex offender for life. As far as we can tell, besides the parole violation, he's not reoffended. He's not harmed anybody except himself by his actions. I'd like to talk to Jeremy Todd West. Seems like he knew he was headed down the wrong path, but went anyway. And it led to a whole lot of trouble over many, many years. A couple of things that popped up this week that I thought were interesting. The attorney who represented Jeff Sokol, the pizza predator from Fairfield, Connecticut, Norman Pattis, is ironically also the attorney now representing conspiracy monger Alex Jones in the lawsuit filed against him by parents of children killed in the Sandy Hook mass shooting. You may remember that Jones said the whole thing was a hoax and he's being sued by the victim's parents. Rightfully so. Really doesn't mean much that he's represented by the same attorney. I just thought it was interesting. And you also may remember Lance Fine, also known as Lance Perlis from the Flagler Beach Predator investigation. He wanted the decoy, the young man, in the investigation to beat him up as part of his sexual encounter. Well, he was in the news last Saturday because his Boyfriend, now ex-boyfriend, actually did beat him up. That's ironic. As always, I like to hear from you. This week's question is from Matt in Holtzville, New York, which ironically is not too far from Bethpage, New York, on Long Island, where we did the very first predator investigation. Hi, Chris. My name is Matt. I'm from Holtzville, New York, not too far from Bethpage, actually, where you did your first investigation. I had a few questions for you. First, I've seen some of the episodes of TCAP where the Predator admits to having seen the show, yet they came anyway. As far as why someone would do that, even after seeing the show, I do think you are correct that for many of these guys, they think the odds are low of them getting caught which admittedly they are, and so they figure it's worth the risk. But I had another theory, and I wanted to know what you think. Do you think for some of these guys, they almost wanted to wind up on your show after seeing it? 
that in some sick way, it is also a fantasy to be featured on your show so that they could have some kind of fame. And my other question is unrelated, but how often would you have men hit on your decoys and then when they discover the age, they don't pursue it any further? Anyway, thanks for listening to my questions. Looking forward to your response and God bless. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. I tend to agree with you that in some of the cases, the guys subconsciously may want to get caught. And in some of the interviews I've had with the Predators, they get deep into detail about what they claim happened in their lives that made them act out this way. The teacher in Ohio who told me he became addicted to the chats. And as he got older, the people with whom he chatted got younger. There was a fellow just two weeks ago in Polk County, Florida, who got caught in that investigation. That'll be on the True Blue Crime Network, my new streaming network, in November, who told me this story about how he felt he was cheated because he was shy and had no romantic experience in his late teens and early 20s, and he was trying to get that back by going after a teen girl. I didn't buy it when he said it to me, and I don't buy it now. I do think you're right, Matt, that the odds are generally with these guys. We can't be everywhere. Law enforcement can't be everywhere, and the odds are they won't get caught. And when they do even though they know about these investigations, they use it as a way to, I don't know, find some reason to justify their actions and their background. As far as cases where guys have hit on the decoy and said, you're too young, no way, that happens. I can't give you a specific percentage of the overall times it happens based upon the guys who show up, but it does happen in many cases. Somebody will confirm the age, 13, and just say bye. Or tell Chris Hansen I said hello. That's happened too. Thanks again for joining me here on Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen. As I mentioned, True Blue will premiere on Thanksgiving Day. My new crime streaming network. More details on that to follow. You can always find me on Instagram at official Chris Hansen, Twitter at Chris Hansen. Now on TikTok at Have a Seat with Chris Hansen on Cameo and always at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.